Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 2014, Alicia Fox and her husband, Aaron Justice, had their hands full with a six-year-old daughter and a seven-month-old son. They were living in a home on Ardmore Street in Detroit, Michigan. But there was trouble in paradise already, and Alicia knew she had to make the decision to leave. Six-year-old Kayla was Alicia's daughter from a past relationship, but the seven-month-old infant was Aaron's son. On Memorial Day weekend, Alicia and her kids went to a cookout at her aunt's house in Detroit. The next couple of weeks were a bit of a question mark when it comes to Alicia and what was happening. On June 6th, Kayla was scheduled to graduate kindergarten. She had a cap and gown already and the family was prepared to attend. Everyone was excited. But when the extended family all showed up, including Kayla's biological father, and there was no sign of Alicia or the kids, Kayla's father would report her missing. It seems no one had actually been able to talk to Alicia since that Memorial Day weekend. The case would take a tragic turn when it comes to Alicia, but everyone is still wondering, where is Kayla Hunter and Christian Justice? as possible but like I said you still have pessimistic thoughts that come in because you're so anxious when Trevay Fox thinks of her beloved grandchildren Christian and Kayla she feels joy overactive (laughs) real overactive Um, she had a personality out of this world and Christian I called him yum yum because he wanted to eat up everything so it was like he was just coming into his personality you know just a happy baby avoid every day i haven't even given my daughter a funeral yet because because i just feel like that i told god that i don't want to do this three times if that's the case they were a family but fox believes the kids are still alive so does alicia's sister christine i feel like a time isn't enough proof to say that you know it's not gonna happen there's people who will go missing until they become adults and, you know, so I feel like there will always be hope. I just want to have a piece of her back. He does have the answer. And what is it that's going to make him tell us that I don't have the answer to? Detroit Police Sergeant Shannon Jones has been working this case from the beginning. I want them to know that without them asking me that I'm looking for them. She even keeps the kids' pictures on her desk. They didn't do anything wrong, and they don't deserve to be wherever they are right now. Somebody out there knows something. The community also came together to search for the kids. They were really, really supportive, and it was just, you know, to look around like, wow, you know, like, there's people that really do care. 
The hope now is that someone else will care enough to simply do the right thing and bring those who love Kayla and Christian some peace. It may seem nothing to you, but it may be that one piece that we're missing in our investigation. My grandkids are the only thing that we have left of her. Search for the God in you to just to, to, you know, come up and just tell and don't have any fear in your heart, you know. We want our grandkids and we want our family back together. Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. We've been on a little bit of an unexpected hiatus the last few weeks, so I'm so glad to be back telling these stories. Thank you to everyone who checked in on us. There's so many of these stories to tell. We have a lot of work to do moving forward. A big welcome to our newest Patreon members, Gary and Christine. Thank you so, so much for your support. There are some case updates from stories that we've covered before. I'm not going to get into it all here, but make sure you are following us on the socials and I'll share the info over there as soon as I get it. This case really struck me when I read into it, and I'm pretty shocked that Kayla and Christian's story hasn't had more media attention. The disappearance we are talking about, and you'll soon see why, is the disappearance specifically of Kayla Hunter and Christian Justice. Kayla Nevea Hunter was born November 8th, 2007, to mom Alicia Marie Fox in Detroit, Michigan. Alicia wouldn't stay with Kayla's father, however, and would eventually meet Aaron Justice. On October 2nd, 2013, Christian Justice was born, and a couple of months later, Alicia and Aaron would marry. The relationship would be rocky, however, and some friends would come forward to say that Alicia had actually moved out of their shared home, which was located on Ardmore Street in Detroit. In May of 2014, when our case actually begins, Kayla was six years old and Christian just seven months old. The Disappearance Alicia had a big extended family, and they were all very, very close. On Memorial Day weekend, that May of 2014, Alicia and the kids attended a gathering at an aunt's house. But aside from Alicia's troubled relationship, and her family was aware of that, everything else seemed pretty normal that day. After the party, Alicia allegedly went back to their home on Ardmore. Now, some say that she was going to let Aaron know that she wanted a divorce. But I don't know if that has been confirmed or if that's actually what was taking place. Over the next several days after that Memorial Day weekend, no one heard from Alicia. Now, while they were a very close family, they weren't too concerned, thinking maybe she was just busy. She had two young children, after all, and she had a lot going on. But worry would grow, however, as each day passed by. It would be June 6th, 2014, when they knew something was very, very wrong. Kayla's kindergarten graduation was on this day, and everyone was excited for her. Kayla even had her own cap and gown that she was so excited to wear. This was an event that the family had been talking about for quite a while. But Kayla never showed up to her graduation, and neither did Alicia or Christian, and nobody could find them or reach them anywhere. Everyone had been anticipating this day, this event, and it didn't make any sense that they weren't there. 
After discussing with each other, they realized that no one had actually spoken to Alicia since that Memorial Day weekend. They had seen her and the children at the party on May 24th, and a cousin spoke up and said that they saw her at her house on Sunday, May 25th, but no one has seen or heard from her since. On her graduation day, June 6th, Kayla's biological father, Kevin Hunter, who had also showed up for this graduation, officially reported his daughter Kayla missing, and Alicia's family also reported Alicia and Christian missing. The search. Immediately, everyone began looking for Alicia and both kids. They went to the house on Ardmore, the place that she and the children had lived with Aaron, and police met them at the house. Nobody was home, but they were able to peer through the windows. To everyone's shock, the house was completely empty. There was no furniture. There was nothing in the house at all. Alicia's aunt said when she looked through the kitchen window, she saw several bottles of bleach on the counter, but nothing else. Clearly, they had moved out. Right away, family felt something was off. But some of them said deep down, they had just hoped that they had all just moved and were possibly just so stressed out about everything that was going on that no one had heard from them. The search would continue around the city of Detroit. Now, Detroit is Michigan's largest city, and it sits on the shores of the Detroit River on the northeast side of the city, Lake St. Clair. It's also a border city with access into Canada as well. Detroit has a population of around 640,000 and has a rocky history and culture with crime and poverty, but honestly, most major cities do at some point. We will look a little bit more into the area shortly but I do want to paint a picture of searching for someone in such a populated city with a lot of factors. It's almost like looking for a needle in a haystack, unless you have some sort of clues to work with or something to give you a direction and where to go. While law enforcement was involved, the family wasn't going to sit around and wait while Alicia and both her kids were missing. And now no one could find Alicia's husband and Christian's father, Aaron Justice, either. So the search was on for the entire family. On June 9th, 2014, just three days after the family was officially reported missing, but two weeks since anyone had seen them, the family received an anonymous tip. It isn't clear if law enforcement was involved at all with this tip, but it was Alicia's family that would go investigate. They went to a home on Penrod Street, a vacant home, and Alicia's uncle was able to gain access to this house. Immediately upon entering the home, he noticed right away the horrific smell and his heart sunk. In the basement, he found Alicia, deceased and wrapped in a blanket. It appeared as if she had been there for some time as she was almost unrecognizable, except for her clothing. She was wearing some type of favorite clothing item of hers that her family was very familiar with, and that's how they ultimately identified it as being Alicia. It was a really gruesome scene, and I'm not going to get into the specifics about the why and the hows of that. Just trust me, it was absolutely awful. 
Immediately, her uncle and the extended family that had now come into the house began looking all over for Kayla and Christian, of course, fearing the worst. Here was Alicia. But the children were nowhere to be found, and neither was Aaron. Two days later, on June 11th, Aaron Justice was located in Georgia, and he was subsequently arrested. Alicia's cause of death was released that same day. She had suffered from multiple gunshot wounds, including two to the head. So now we have Aaron in custody, and Alicia unfortunately has been found, but the two children are still missing. There has been no sign of six-year-old Kayla, or now eight-month-old Christian. The Investigation Aaron, at first, refuses extradition back to Michigan, but authorities quickly dive into questioning him. But he refuses to speak. In fact, he stays mostly silent. When asked any questions about the children at all, he doesn't say a word. He was charged with murder, and he would plead not guilty. A trial would be scheduled for 2015. Meanwhile, authorities start to learn a little bit more about Aaron's movements during that time frame between May 25th and when he was finally arrested on June 11th. He had rented a U-Haul from May 27th to May 29th, and he had driven over 300 miles during those three days. But he had never left the city of Detroit, and the U-Haul company was able to verify this. Since it did look like he had moved out of the home on Ardmore, possibly during that time, I don't know if that is necessarily a clue or a red flag on its own. The home was cleaned thoroughly with bleach, which everyone thought was quite odd. Very extreme cleaning had taken place in that house. When investigators were able to search the house, they did find a bullet hole in one of the walls and some blood spatter that had been missed on one of the ceilings. Police were also able to track down Alicia's Chevy Impala, which had also been unaccounted for for a while. Aaron had sold it to a local junkyard, but unfortunately, by the time authorities found it, the car had already been stripped and there was no evidence to be found. Aaron had also booked a flight to Georgia and he had flown to Atlanta, which of course is where he was arrested. Law enforcement also learned that Aaron had quite a criminal history. He even had a court date in Detroit, which he did go to on June 2nd, apparently for some traffic violations, and he ended up pleading guilty. Aaron does have a lengthy criminal history, which does include some violence, including domestic violence. On June 19th, the family's pit bull was found running loose on the West End in Vanderbilt in Detroit. The poor dog had strangulation marks around its neck and cigarette burns on its face and chest. Luckily, the dog was taken in by an animal rescue group, given medical treatment, and a foster home. Speculation is that Aaron either sold the dog for dog fighting purposes or possibly harmed the dog himself because everyone who knew the family and knew the dog knew that this dog was very protective over Alicia and both kids. 
So, of course, with all of this evidence adding up, Aaron Justice would be charged with the murder of Alicia Fox, but still wasn't saying a word about the children. Now, of course, many people automatically believe he must have harmed the children, too. But there would be no evidence and a witness, actually an accessory to the crime, who would also be charged criminally, would give a little more insight into what happened on the day Alicia was murdered. A childhood friend of Aaron's, Timothy Bernard Jones, said that Aaron had called him for help at his house. Timothy didn't know why. He had said something about looking for some keys, or he couldn't find his keys, and he needed help looking for them. Timothy headed over there. When he arrived, he learned that Aaron had killed Alicia. And actually, the keys that he was looking for were in Alicia's pocket. Aaron told Timothy that they had been arguing and that he, quote, blacked out and needed help moving the body and getting rid of evidence, end quote. Timothy helped him. Some wonder if it was Timothy who even called in that anonymous tip that led the family to that abandoned home and ultimately to Alicia. But that is pure speculation and rumor at this point. Timothy said that Aaron had killed Alicia, wrapped up her body, and moved her with his help to the house on Penrod. But at the time, Timothy said the children were alive and well. In fact, Kayla had been playing in the backyard during the murder, or at least while Timothy was there, and the baby was fastened into a stroller. Timothy also didn't think that Aaron had any plans to harm the kids, but he would need to take them somewhere. Timothy also said that he was given the shell casings from the shooting, I think there were seven or eight of them, and he dumped them into the sewer. Authorities believed Timothy. They thought he was being completely truthful, at least with what he did know. Timothy said that he was scared, and that's why he helped Aaron, and that's why he never came forward until he did. Timothy would be charged as an accessory, and with a plea deal, he received two to five years in prison. During the court proceedings for Aaron, the family begged for answers on the children's whereabouts, but still Aaron wasn't talking. He would sit in the courtroom during all these hearings and all these motion hearings, totally emotionless and quiet. Take a listen to this clip from the hearings. This clip is from the Law and Crime channel. A little bit hard to hear, but you can hear Aaron giving some answers to the judge's questions. Justice is before Judge Penn. 
WXYZ in Detroit Channel 7 also covered the pretrial and had this coverage the day of the trial with interviews from Kayla and Christian's grandmother, Alicia's mother. Taking my grandchildren and keeping them away from my family shows his deep, selfish, narcissistic demeanor. This devil disguised himself as an angel. Came right in our homes. And from our place. And drink from our glasses. I can go on with angry words and wishes of harm for him. I've written this statement a thousand times. And we say the words of the Lord. How terrible it would be for the wicked. Disaster is headed their way. Because what they said and what they did by their hands will be repaid to them. The Lord's words stand and they both will reap what they sow. Aaron refused the plea deal several times before the trial, but he ultimately would take a deal. He would be sentenced to 45 to 80 years in prison with an additional two years for a weapons charge. This equates to a total of 47 to 82 years in prison. Kayla Hunter and Christian Justice There was absolutely no evidence found that the children were harmed in any way, and authorities believe that Aaron may have given them to somebody, either in the Michigan area or even in the Atlanta, Georgia area. They didn't issue an Amber Alert when the children were first reported missing because the mother was also missing, and they thought that she had just taken off with the children, and that didn't meet the criteria for an Amber Alert. I do think that finding a family or finding somebody in the Michigan area to take the kids is definitely possible. But I do question the Atlanta, Georgia area. How was he able to get the kids there? He flew. There would certainly be a record of a ticket for Kayla Hunter. She was six years old. The infant he could certainly hold on his lap. And you'd also think that there would be surveillance or security footage from those travels. But authorities have maintained that the kids could either be in Michigan or Atlanta. Detectives worried that because of the outcome with Alicia, that people would assume that the children were harmed or disposed of and not look for them. In fact, Robert Lowry, vice president of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, had this to say regarding Kayla and Christian and some other missing children. Quote, many thought the worst had happened, but they were in fact found alive. We urge the public not to just assume the worst has happened and to not look for these children. 
please pay attention to these children's images and report anything that you might know. End quote. Kids have been found alive long after they've disappeared. Children such as Elizabeth Smart, J.C. Dugard, Sean Hornback, Carlina White, and of course the three girls, now women, rescued from the home in Cleveland, Ohio, Michelle Knight, Gina DeJesus, and Amanda Berry. Detroit, Michigan. I mentioned some stats on the Detroit area earlier. It's a big city, Michigan's largest city. Population, just over 640,000. Sits on the Canadian border, on the shores of Lake St. Clair and the Detroit River. There's a lot going on. The home that Alicia, Aaron, and the children lived in at the time of the murder and disappearance was in the 1800 block of Ardmore Street. This is on the northwest side of the city. Now, it was said at the time of the disappearance, the end of May or Memorial Day weekend, that Alicia and the children had already moved out or were in the process of moving out. But it's never really been clarified if that is indeed true or even where they were living. Maybe they were staying with family, but it's unknown where that was. Now, Alicia would be found in a vacant home on Penrod Street, also on the northwest side of the city, about six miles from the home on Ardmore. What's interesting, too, about that fact is that house on Penrod was just three houses down from a cousin's of Alicia's. When you look at the U-Haul records, it shows that he drove the truck 300 miles in the three days that he had it but he never left the city of Detroit. Law enforcement did develop a theory that Aaron likely murdered Alicia on or around May 25th or 26th, and that he rented the U-Haul on May 27th. Did he use the U-Haul to move her body? Or was he just quickly moving out of the house and cleaning it? And then again, what about the children during this time? I wish they could have pinpointed his movements a little more to see exactly where he went during those days. I mean, Detroit is a big city. It might have a clue as to where the children are. Was there a specific area of the city that he kept going to? Did he go down to the waterfront? Was there someone's house he kept returning to? It really hasn't been discussed what took Aaron to Atlanta. Maybe he has family there. And it wasn't really talked about what part of Atlanta he was in. I'm still also not sure how he would get the children to Atlanta without someone seeing them or there being a record of it, unless he handed them off to a family or friend in Michigan who then drove the children down to Atlanta. Alicia's family believes the children are alive for a few different reasons. Number one, there was no evidence to suggest foul play, and there had been ample evidence in Alicia's case. Number two, most of Alicia's belongings were recovered eventually in dumpsters, in the trash, but nothing of the children's was ever found. Not one thing. Their toys, their clothing, their beds. Family believes this is possibly because he gave the children to somebody along with all of their stuff. And number three, Aaron has stayed so tight-lipped about the children. Family thinks he might be protecting someone, the someone who has them. He will be spending likely the rest of his life in prison. So at this point, 
what would he have to lose? Public opinion seems generally split on what has happened to these children. Either Aaron harmed them and did something to them, or he gave them away. In May of 2014, when the kids were last seen, they were just six years old and seven months old. They're described as African-American, both with brown hair and brown eyes. Today, they would be 14 years old and Christian would be eight or nine. Authorities believe they could be in the Detroit area or Atlanta, or they possibly could have been relocated anywhere in the country by now. It's been eight years. That's why it's important to share this case anywhere that you are. Anyone with any information on the whereabouts of Kayla Hunter or Christian Justice, please contact the Detroit Police Department at 313-596-5600. I'm definitely curious to know your thoughts on this one. I certainly hope these kids are alive somewhere, and as they grow up and become teenagers and even young adults, maybe they'll start questioning who they are, where they came from, and maybe we'll learn that they've been alive this whole time. Please feel free to leave any thoughts or comments on this case over on social media. We'll have the case photo up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I definitely want to know what everyone's thinking. I want to give a shout out to to the sources utilized in researching this case. charlieproject.org, clickondetroit.com, cbsnews.com, the Kayla Hunter and Christian Justice Facebook page, Bring Kayla and Christian Home, WXYZ TV Channel 7 in Detroit, and the Law and Crime Network YouTube channel. Thank you all so, so much for listening to the story of Kayla and Christian. It's always so heartbreaking to look into the cases of children, but I feel they are also some of the most important ones to share. Please show your support to the family also by following the Facebook page that they have set up for the kids. Bring home Kayla and Christian. Remember to give us a follow over on the socials. Just search for the Where Are They podcast. We love to communicate with our listeners over there, and we try and post case updates as they come in. On Instagram, we also post missing person flyers daily as we come across them or or as they are sent to us. You can also find us over on Patreon and support our cause and our mission for just $3 a month. We will post some bonus episodes over there, and beginning this month, we're actually going to put all of our episodes up on Patreon completely ad-free. We are also looking for a new charity to partner with for the last few months of the year. As soon as one is chosen, I will certainly let you know if there is one that you are active with or maybe one that you're really passionate about, one that you would like to suggest, please send me a message. This can be any organization that works with missing person cases or even a family's personal fundraiser for one of their own missing loved ones. Authorities have very limited resources when it comes to investigating a lot of these cases. Families oftentimes have to pool their money to do things like get a billboard or get a private investigator or get a drone. Definitely open to supporting those families as well. You can always email me at canwefindthem at gmail.com with your case suggestions, your feedback, anything you like. I would rather showcase the missing person cases that need more media attention 
and I can do that best with your input, hearing about those cases near you, cases that no one else has really talked about. Thank you all again for your patience in getting the show back up and going after our hiatus. I appreciate everyone who has stuck it out with us. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing person case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.